This is the Pro Wrestling Report, the longest-running pro wrestling news program in the world, with your hosts, David Hero and Damian Nelson. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pro Wrestling Report Primetime Live. We are live here Wednesday, November 15, 2017. We are back after a two-week absence. I'm done traveling the world. And we are here live on Blog Talk Radio. I want to thank you for joining us wherever you are all over the world. I want to thank you if you're joining us after the fact as well on podcast form here from the Pro Wrestling Report. Really appreciate your support and you joining us. And tonight we've got a stacked show. It is a Survivor Series edition of the Pro Wrestling Report primetime. We're going to be joined later on by both Al Snow, David Hero, and also the man they call Meathead. But right now, first, I'm joined live by Matthew Thomas. We're going to start it off by talking about some of the matchups for Survivor Series. And all night long, we're going to be going match by match looking at Survivor Series along with the latest in wrestling news as well. But, Matthew, how are things? Oh, they, they are fantastic, and welcome Colorado back, Damien. You're kind of like the 2017 version of uh, Carmen Sandiego now, aren't you? Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? You know, I it, uh, I was out in Denver with you recently, Matthew. Uh, spent some time out there for a friend's wedding and uh, got the opportunity to hang out with you as well. And and I just got to say this, Matthew. I did not know. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you know, coffee so is coffee. Uh, it helps to keep me spry and helps keep me alert. And that's what we're known for in Denver is, uh, is, is our coffee. It's a little known fact, but I'm glad you got to get out here and get a real taste of kind of what that what that local flavor uh what that local flavor was it was definitely good to see you good to spend some time out there had continuing service unplanned though which is why we didn't have a show last week um i decided you know in my twisted demented head i was close to las vegas nevada so me it was logical for me to look at well let's spend a few more days out west and just go to vegas so uh, did that and spent a few days there, which was great, of course. I want to thank Caesars Entertainment for their hospitality. Also, the Bellagio for their hospitality as well. Uh, both companies treating me very, very well out there. And uh, can't wait to get back out to Las Vegas. But that was the reason for our absence over the last two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I was on vacation and traveling. So we are back now and we are live now. And it is time to talk about professional wrestling. But Matthew, some breaking news coming uh, earlier today from WWE. James Ellsworth has been released from the company. We most recently saw him in some house show matchups with some of the girls, and obviously he was the uh, manager or boyfriend or liaison, whatever you want to call him, for Carmella. James Ellsworth, who had a hell of a run in WWE. I think they got about everything out of that run they possibly could. Was it last week or the week before? When he was wrestling Becky Lynch at that point, it just finally clicked. It's like, what are they doing here? You know, this is you've got talent on this SmackDown roster and we're taking up time with these intergender matches with Ellsworth. It's they it was a longer run, I think, than anybody expected. But you knew that it had to come to an end at at a certain point. And honestly, when you've got two hours of SmackDown that you're trying to fill going up against Raw, trying to make it a credible show when you put stuff like this and all the Ellsworth that we've gotten over the last couple of months. Unfortunately, I think it was something that worked in small doses, but they just came to rely too much on it to fill too many segments on a consistent level. 
travel each week. So uh, I, I think it was I think it was time. I enjoyed Ellsworth uh, again in small doses, but when it became as consistent as it was becoming, I think they did the right thing. Ellsworth gone from WWE. I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure he's going to be terribly missed, to be honest with you. But uh, a good run for him as well. A hell of a run for him, especially at this time in his career. Ellsworth release. But let's get down to the Survivor Series. By the way, I didn't mention this. NXT War Games is also this Saturday. It's a loaded wrestling week. NXT War Games, the match beyond, is this Saturday in Houston as well. We're going to be talking about that event later on here on the broadcast with the man they call Meathead. First, we're going to talk about Survivor Series. And, Matthew, I wanted to get your thoughts on the kickoff show matchup, at least one of them, which will be for the Cruiserweight Championship. Enzo versus Kalisto. Again, yeah, I think you're going to have to go back with a with an Enzo title run as much as a lot of people don't want to hear that. Unfortunately, that is the mouthpiece of the cruiserweights at this point. Uh, Nobody else really has come forward and exhibited much uh, charisma or, or much persona. And as as much as it can be nails on a chalkboard to a lot of people listening to this guy. Unfortunately, at this point, he is as close as anything that division has to a character, to a persona, to get people to to halfway tune in. So I fully expect to see uh, him kick off the show with the Cruiserweight title. What about uh, what's his name? Drew, 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 not Galloway, but uh, the guy that's uh, Gulick, the guy that's running around with uh, in some way, shape, or form. I think he's probably a close second to uh, Enzo now. I I like, I I kind of enjoy him uh, to a certain extent as well. But it's just the cruiserweight division, man. They they're just they're just hurting. There's a lot of things there that just does not fit. And I think part of it is it has just been put on its own shelf. in its presentation so far and and me and meathead uh, as you know we're going back and reviewing these old nitros and just looking at the presentation of a cruiserweight division how that was threaded within the card of a wcw nitro or a pay-per-view versus the cruiserweight division i don't know if it was getting off to the start where they changed the ropes and had its own special little look but at the end of the day, I don't think the cruiserweight division really feels part of the main fabric of the card. And Enzo, with him being that guy who started off on the main roster and is kind of going back now to the or kind of uh, going to the cruiserweight division, I think Enzo is as close as you've got to a carryover star to make that division feel somewhat important. And just to sum it up, what's going wrong with the cruiserweight division? I just think there is a lack of importance. Importance to anytime you see a cruiserweight uh, matchup, you just you look at it differently than you, or at least me personally, I feel like I've been conditioned by the company to look at it differently than I do a match on the rest of the card. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair, and I think what was different is back in the Nitro days as well, cruiserweights were new, and as the point that's been made many a time on this program is, right, you, you didn't see all the other stars doing cruiserweight spots. But two things I want you to consider as it pertains to this matchup of the cruiserweight division overall first of which we understand that talks have resumed or are still in place between wwe and neville maybe we see the return of neville on sunday at the survivor series additionally we do know that a tremendous superstar an endorsed superstar by the name of rockstar spud has recently uh parted ways with tna impact wrestling and there are discussions or i'm sorry there are rumors that there are discussions between he and wwe as well spud 
in the cruiserweight division in WWE would be absolutely. I think that's a fantastic glorious. option. And again, Spud is somebody who. Most of his TNA run, he was known for his persona. He was known for his mic skills, just being a character. And I think that's so desperately what the cruiserweight division is is missing because you've had uh, Neville was on top for a while. Enzo, I think, comes across as a a character. And I mean, you've, you've got Brian Kendrick that I don't think necessarily has been utilized to his full potential there. But that's really it's one of the big things the cruiserweight division is missing is just these people to, you know, get behind to invest a few minutes of your time in. And I think Spud would be a great shot in the arm to that division. We'll see what happens this Sunday at the Survivor Series. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something surprising as at least the uh, the uh, the debut or I'm sorry, the return of Neville. But what just actually threw me off a bit there is thinking of the pairing mm. of Rockstar Spud and Enzo Amore. Wow. Talk about heat. <laughs> heat, heat, heat right there. But let's see what happens. I don't want to speculate too much. Uh, also on the card uh, this Sunday night is a card, a match rather. For the women's, well, for the women's seniority, I guess, or superiority as the women's champion from Raw, Alexa Bliss, will take on the newly crowned women's champion from SmackDown, Charlotte Flair. This should be a tremendous matchup, Matthew, between these two. Charlotte, of course, beating Natalia this past Tuesday on SmackDown. This match, not no knock on Natty, but this match now much more no, intriguing without a doubt. for me in, in that Charlotte, Charlotte is, is just as talented as the rest of the roster is on SmackDown and Raw, Charlotte has got that extra little something, and it's so good to see her with a title once again. And this, and granted, I was I was interested in seeing Natalia and Alexa Bliss, but this definitely uh, takes it up a notch. I think it's going to be a fantastic match. And just to kind of circle back around, when we first learned that Survivor Series was going to be basically champion versus champion, uh, we discussed on this very show. I was a little bit down on it. Because, again, I felt like you were losing some of the significance of one of your major pay-per-views. But I've got to give WWE credit. I had no idea when this was announced that we would have as many title changes as we've had in the last several weeks. And uh, I think it was three total that I counted. And, again, another one last night with Charlotte taking the belt in Charlotte, which made a lot of sense and was a great, great moment. So I I do give WWE credit for this, this booking, I think. Survivor Series does have the potential to be something special, and what you were losing with not having the titles on the line at the actual show, I think WWE's done a really good job in these last several weeks of making the uh, Raws and making the SmackDowns feel important and giving us some title changes on free TV. You know, you got to wonder, though, why so many title changes, and we'll talk later on about uh, Jinder Mahal losing the championship to um, AJ Styles and also the New Day contributing to the Shields loss of their tag team titles. We'll talk about that with Al Snow later on here on this program. But you're indeed right, Matthew. It seems like a big reset happened uh, just prior to the Survivor Series over the course of the last two or three weeks. And I wonder, though, if that was always planned or if that was because if it was planned, it's a great way to get um, uh, hype for the event, I guess you can call it. If it wasn't planned, at the end of the day, I think we got a better card as a result of this. And uh, I commend WWE's efforts in getting us to Sunday's pay-per-view event. I want to remind everybody that uh, while WrestleMania tickets do go on sale Friday, as a matter of fact, the pre-sale started today if you had the proper codes and whatnot, 
However, we've been selling WrestleMania tickets for about the last month, Matthew. And uh, we have just four seats left in our private VIP suite at the Superdome for WrestleMania 34. The only way to watch the show, folks, you get your own seat in the suite. You get premium seating. You get to join myself, David Hero, Linda Kay, and also food and drink is included all night long. No need to worry about the concession stands. Watch WrestleMania in style. WrestleMania only happens once a year. So treat yourself. If you're going to spend that much money to go to an event like that, treat yourself. Go that extra mile. Get yourself a spot in our suite. Again, only four tickets remain and tickets available right now at PWRshow.com. PWRshow.com. And tickets to the suite also include VIP admission to the Shenanigans on Bourbon Street party event, which is going to be on Friday, April 6th, hosted by Kevin Nash, the only wrestling event on Bourbon Street during WrestleMania weekend. It is a hell of a deal. Again, PWRshow.com is where you can go right now to get your tickets to both the PWR suite at WrestleMania and the Superdome and also Shenanigans on Bourbon Street, which we'll talk much more about later on. But with that, Matthew, want to talk about another matchup here at the Survivor Series. It's the women's five-on-five traditional Survivor Series matchup, and that is Team SmackDown versus Team Raw. Team SmackDown led by Becky Lynch. Actually, let's talk about Team Raw first. Team Raw led by Alicia Fox, joined by Nia Jax, Bailey, Asuka, and Sasha Banks. Over on the SmackDown side of things, we've got Becky Lynch, the lead there, the captain, joined by Carmella, Tamina, Naomi, and one yet unnamed participant. It could could indeed, and the rumors have been circulating uh, all week about someone who might be making a return, and I think if that is the case, that would be very, very big news to the women's division. Uh, Everybody was waiting this past Monday night for Paige to make her return to WWE programming. That would not be the case, which I found quite comedic, actually, because all the sheets had picked up on it and reported the page. Major star to return on Raw Monday night. Major star, major star. She didn't do it. She was backstage at Raw, according to some photos that we saw, some put out uh, by her, but uh, did not debut. I'm sorry, did not return, and it appears as if perhaps this may be her spot, the fifth spot on the SmackDown side of things on Sunday, and I think that is fantastic and great and the right time to do it for Paige to come in and be a part of this team. And at that point, doesn't matter which team wins. Yeah, but I and think I think that's give the, the right place to, to put SmackDown. her at right now. SmackDown, you need to stack the stack the deck as, as best you can in SmackDown's favor. I mean, they've been hurting for a little while as far as, you know, the attendance, the ratings, this, that, and the other. So I think anything, any uh, advantage they can give SmackDown is a good idea. So I hope to see that. And granted, I mean, it's going to be... I like it, the reveal at Survivor Series versus the Raw, because it makes the pay-per-view feel that much more special. And doing it in a traditional Survivor Series match, I mean, you have, Absolutely. again, another level of, of special there when you when you do it in the confines of something that so many people uh, you know, have great nostalgic feelings for. So if this does, in fact, happen, I think it's going to be a, a really good moment at Survivor Series. No doubt about it. Uh, some great talent, some great uh, participants in this five-on-five women's matchup. Um, I like the fact that they're only doing one of each, one for the female brand, one for the men's brand, the male brand, if you will, and then the champion versus champion concept. And Matthew, I'm intrigued by this champion versus champion concept because there doesn't seem to be much heat there because if you win, you don't win anything. If you lose, you don't 
weekly thing. And we're going to talk to Al Snow about that in just a few moments here on the Pro Wrestling Report Primetime Live. We're also going to talk to Al Snow and get his thoughts on what it indeed takes to book those five-on-five traditional Survivor Series matchups and why it is that we have not actually seen the last of Jinder Mahal in WWE and prominently in WWE and his thoughts on The Miz as well. All that coming up next right here on the Pro Wrestling Report Primetime Survivor Series Edition. And after that, we're joined by the man they call Meathead, who will be talking NXT TakeOver War Games, the match beyond, with us as well. With that, Matthew, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you good next week. And we'll be right back after this time out with Be The Booker, with Al Snow and David Hero here live on Blog Talk Radio. WrestleMania weekend's biggest party is coming to Bourbon Street. Don't miss an all-inclusive all-night party Friday, April 6th. Hosted by Kevin Nash and over 20 other wrestling stars. Enjoy unlimited drinks all night long at the Bourbon Cowboy on Bourbon Street. Throw beads from the balcony. Drink and party with your favorite wrestling stars. Hurry, limited quantities available. Purchase tickets now at PWRshow.com. That's PWRshow.com. And welcome back to the Pro Wrestling Report Primetime Live. We're live here on Wednesday, our special Survivor Series edition. And it's time now for Be the Booker, which means, of course, we're joined by the one and only David Hero and Al Snow. Well, it would be the two and onlys, David Hero and Al Snow. David, how the heck are you here on a Wednesday? I'm fantastic, man. How are you? I am uh, tremendous. You being fantastic is a matter of opinion, though, and that's one I do not share. However, I am more importantly interested in finding out how our very special guest al snow is doing here this week well and who wouldn't be interested in how i'm doing and how i'm doing is much like yourself damien absolutely just tremendous there it is fantastic hey al you were in chile last week correct i was in uh santiago in chile yes how how was that and uh it's an absolutely beautiful country um and the people are, are wonderful. The uh, the wrestling fans there are incredible, very passionate, uh, very, very uh, uh, emotional and, and very supportive of wrestling and um, had an awesome time. Well, you know, Al, I'm not one to normally talk about this kind of thing, especially on a wrestling show, but um, what did the Chileans have to say, if anything, about our current political situation here in the United States? I'm told we're a laughing stock uh, around the world. Is that true? But not, not really. No, not a, a, a bit around the world recently, and and really not too many people bring up our political situation because they have more concerns. Uh, surprisingly, um, been a lot of different places, and people would be shocked to find out that uh, our political situation comes up here uh, as much as it does everywhere else, which is not often. Uh, people have greater concerns, much like, hey, how am I going to pay my rent and how am I going to you know, buy my groceries and put gas in my car? And I'm a little more concerned about that than what the president's doing. Fair enough. That's actually good to hear, I would say, uh, as David's candidate has not completely destroyed our reputation around the world. 
and I'm not talking about Roy. I'm not talking about Roy Moore. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the Survivor Series. It's this Sunday. We've talked about a couple of matchups already here on the program, but wanted to save uh, the best for the middle, I guess, as we still have more of this program after Be the Booker here. But first, I wanted to get your guys' well, the opinion. Rest, the rest after the rest after the middle isn't going to really that matter. If you've 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 topped out right now. Let's go. Well, you're supposed to peak in the center, right? This is the climax. Right. Absolutely. That, that way the rest is just wasted time and well, friction. Damien, where else would you climax if it's not the center? Well, generally at the end. Okay. Just making sure. Well, that, that depends on the end. <laughs> depends on the number of participants as well. Um, let's uh, talk about wow. the uh, – now, as we know, it's champion versus champion at Survivor Series, which is, I think, a unique concept. However, I wanted to get both of your opinion on that concept because in each of these matchups, the stakes may be high, but if it's champion versus champion with neither championship on the line – What's the buy-in, or I guess as you guys would generally say, where's the heat in these matchups? Because at the end of Survivor Series, what will have been accomplished? Because the champions will remain the same. Nobody will have won a prize, if you will, after this series of matchups. Al, what's your perspective on it being champion versus champion in just about every match here at the Survivor Series? Is that a good call, bad call? Uh, I agree 100%. Uh, unless they're using this, to work towards or create a situation where they have the exact same thing, say in WrestleMania, where but champion versus champion and the uh, the titles are at stake. I, I don't see, you know, I can understand where it's champion versus champion, which is the best of Raw versus the best of SmackDown. But I would think that uh, other than just bragging rights, that they really should have at stake the the actual titles. Um, they should, you know, mix things up, um, you know, where a guy, a team, or a wrestler from SmackDown can win a Raw title, and then it, it now requires one of the wrestlers from Raw to go to SmackDown and try to chase that title to get it back to regain their uh, one their status that they had at one time. Um, that could create so many more interesting situations and stories uh, and motivations. Uh, for the characters, um, and I, I, you know, I, don't, I really don't know where the heat's at if, the, if there's nothing at stake. And in that um, scenario, Alec, it, it, could, it also requires a lot of commitment from the company, right? Because that's not a one-week, two-week, even one-month, two-month play, chasing back after the titles, trying to get back your, your, brand's, uh, your brand's elite, if you will. But at the same time, at this time of year, from Survivor Series to the Rumble to WrestleMania, doesn't that make a lot more sense? To have those titles actually would, on the line and mean something? Yeah, I would think so. And and there should be that commitment to some degree. I mean, you're always going to leave things open to where you can adjust the course over over the run. But, yeah, you should have that commitment that, you know, uh, and take that risk of putting those things on the line so that you can generate that kind of heat and that kind of interest in the, uh, the stories that would be born out of this. Um, you know, I, it's a, uh, otherwise it's kind of a, you know, I hate to say it, but it's, it's a little bit of a dead play in my opinion. Yeah. Um, because you know, we, there's nothing, you win the match, but, and you win bragging rights, but the real point of having the title is, is to create a, a gimmick, a, a, that adds gravity to the consequence of the winner loss to make it greater. 
And without that being at stake, then there's no gravity to the consequence. Do you think that this would be a better play at WrestleMania? You mentioned WrestleMania earlier. Do you think that this champion versus champion gimmick, if you will, would be something that is more um, more fitting towards the biggest show of the year if they are not going to use this as a stepping stone to said show? Well, it could be, yes. But, um, it, it, again, uh, doing it now allows you to uh, create – uh, a, you know, characters that drive the interest, the heat for WrestleMania to where now this, the, the stakes, the gravity of either getting that title back or retaining that title at WrestleMania grow exponentially, you know, because you've had all this time to build up the storyline of how important it is to either get or retain that title from Survivor Series on. Makes sense. Let's move on to the matchups, though, and thank you for that inside out. But let's move on to the matchups. And uh, first, before we get your booking strategy, if you will, David Hero, on this matchup, I want to get your opinion, Al, on the Miz so far because it is Miz versus Baron Corbin. Miz, the Intercontinental Champion over on Raw. Baron Corbin, the United States Champion over on SmackDown. There's been a lot of talk about the Miz, and I don't think anyone can argue that in the last few months, especially after his pairing with Maurice, the Miz has been on a different level and I have been one to say that he is probably the top heel in the company and he is doing so tremendously but I wanted to get your thoughts Al first on the Miz and his current uh, positioning if you will in the company as one of those top heels well I for me uh, Miz being positioned as one of those top heels is no surprise to me Miz was always a driven passionate uh professional wrestler from when I first met him on Tough Enough 4 uh, and, you know, was always very, very talented. Um, uh, It doesn't shock me at all um, that he's where he's at. He's finally found his voice, his persona, his personality. He always had it, but he's really got it dialed in now to where it clicks and people can connect uh, immediately with, with who he is, what he's about, what he stands for, uh, what he'll do to win, what he'll do not to lose. He, you can describe Miz to your friends and family in a sentence or less. And that, as I've always said, is the essential uh, uh, play to be successful in professional wrestling. And I, I think it's been a long time coming for Miz, you know, uh, not from the standpoint of like WWE has been holding him back or anything but just that he's finally really got, got himself in a place uh, to where WWE can capitalize with him. All right, with that then, David Hero, let's hear your thoughts. This matchup, UC Championship versus, I'm sorry, the United States Champion versus the Intercontinental Champion, Miz versus Baron Corbin at Survivor Series. How would you book it? You see two different styles of bad guys you got the miz who's more of a finesse heel a cowardly heel then you got baron corbin who's gonna just punch you right in the face and uh it's gonna be i kind of feel that the crowd's gonna get behind the miz more than corbin just because for some reason i mean corbin has that jay bradley kind of heat where you look at him you just hate him because of how he looks (laughs) but um but uh you know i i think it's gonna be entertaining i think that um 
Baron Corbin's going to get a lot of his big power moves in. The Miz is going to bob and weave and try to avoid confrontation the entire match. And I fully expect uh, the Miz, along with the the Miz Taraj, to get the, the upper hand on Baron Corbin in the end. All right, David Hero going with the Miz in that matchup. I can't argue that fact. Next matchup, though, would be a matchup where champions are not on the line. Championships, rather, are not on the line because it was one half of this team that uh, caused the one half of the other team or a portion of the other team to lose those championships recently on WWE Raw. And that is the Shield versus the New Day. Now, this is Raw versus SmackDown as well. It actually will indeed be the first time we've seen the Shield in its entirety back together on pay-per-view. We saw it this past Monday night on Raw, but back together on pay-per-view against the New Day. This one perplexes me a little bit because they're two very, very popular groups. Al Snow, is this a good... Uh, is this a good pairing or is this a good matchup between these two three-man teams, the New Day and the Shield, two big teams going into Survivor Series on Sunday? I think it's an interesting one. Uh, I don't know if it's a good one per se. Uh, um, that you know, time will tell. I would, uh, um, I believe that you know, going out of this, that New Day, you know, they'll use New Day to elevate the Shield even further. Um, I really. They've got too many, you know, they've got too much invested in, uh, 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 God, I just, his name just went right out of my head. Roman Reigns? Um, Roman Reigns. They have too much invested in Roman Reigns. Um, and I just don't see them utilize, utilizing this match to elevate New Day with a win over the Shield. Yeah. Um, as much as I do them using this match to elevate the Shield and again, to spotlight Roman Reigns in it. Interesting. Now, here's a question to that point. Clearly, the long-term plan is for the New Day to stay together versus the Shield, if you had to look at them side by side, because one one has to imagine by the time Royal Rumble or WrestleMania comes around, the Shield will no longer be a faction, if you will. So, given that, um, I I find it interesting that they feel the need uh, to elevate the Shield more so than the New Day, because I think the Shield's already there, but your point of protecting Roman Reigns makes a lot more sense when you dissect it that way. Who will be... I think that it's not... I don't think that this, uh, you know, would hurt New Day. Um, in any way, mm-hmm. um, you know, where if it were the shield, um, who were to take the fall, um, you know, to go under, uh, it's not going to help them being beaten by new day, where if the shield beats new day, it's not going to hurt new day. They're still going to be entertaining. They're still going to be fun. There's still, people are still going to want to watch them. Um, you know, as opposed to uh, shield losing and it taking them a step back. So, down the road, who do you think is the catalyst for the dismantling or the second breakup of the Shield? Last time it was Seth Rollins, who didn't sell out but bought in. This time, do you think it's, do they break off with, is it Roman Reigns that somehow or another causes the the group to disband? Or is it, this time, Dean Ambrose, perhaps, or maybe even Rollins again? You know, that's, that's tough, because it depends on how they position, they want to position Roman Reigns leading into WrestleMania. And, um, you know, I think some of that will be indicated by uh, just exactly who his opponent will be. Yeah. You know, do they, uh, regardless, I know the popular conception now is that there are heels and babyfaces. 
because um, of course, you know, when you're telling a story, there there isn't an antagonist or a protagonist. Those don't exist anymore. They just, you know, you just have characters. Nobody is cheered and nobody's booed. They just, you know, everybody just gets a reaction now. They just mm-hmm. make noise. So, um, but that aside, uh, let's just say that somebody lost their mind and decided that they did want to actually have. Uh, an antagonist and a protagonist in the, going into that story. Well, a lot will depend on you know who they've picked as to how they position Roman Reigns. And if, if they're you know, and we'll reveal why exactly they've brought these uh, uh, the Shield back together again um, after they've done such a great job with Roman Reigns as a singles, uh, elevating him and and putting him in such a spot in a position. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, no sooner than they did, they've put him right back in a group. Right. Um, you know, so I'm not really following the motivation other than, you know, if it's going to be over the next couple of months, uh, one of those uh, people um, being used to, again, uh, elevate and cement uh, Roman Reigns as a... Um, not a baby face, not a heel, because those don't exist, and not an antagonist or a protagonist, <laughs> but I guess a really popular character going into WrestleMania. All right, let's get to the matchup itself. David Hero, how would you book it? The Shield versus the New Day. Well, I think it'll be, I think it'll be um, competitive, but when you have the Shield, you have three former world champions You've had all three of them have worked against Brock Lesnar and have had competitive matches. Um, they pretty much all have main evented and headlined pay per views in the last year. Then you have New Day, who's a comedy act. Yeah, they you know they're, they're, they're fantastic and the crowd gets behind them, but it's a one sided match. And you know New Day will be competitive, but at the end there's no way the Shield does not beat New Day at Survivor Series. You know, I, I got to challenge you on that, though, David, because you say that, and there's no doubt, the New Day is indeed a comedy act. But if you go back to their matchup at, whether it be Hell in a Cell or TLC, I forget which pay-per-view it was, but that tag match they had, it was Hell in a Cell because it wasn't a Hell in a Cell match. Um, against the Usos, there was no comedy within the confines of that belt-to-belt action. Right, but they were also being forced in a cage. It's so they, different. So they couldn't it's have shenanigans. It, I'm, I'm telling you right now, Big E is tiny next to Roman Reigns. Okay? What? He's shorter. Xavier, okay, Dean Ambrose is a former world champion. Xavier Woods plays with the trombone. Okay? <laughs> and then you have Kofi, who's been there for quite a while. He's had a good run, but the highest he's been has been the Intercontinental Champion. Seth Rollins, you know... He 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 beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So I mean, talent-wise, it's it's a no contest. All right, I'll let you have that, folks. Uh, next matchup we're going to talk about is the five-on-five traditional Survivor Series matchup. And before we get to the the men's match here, of course, Team Angle versus Team Shane O'Mac, Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Al, what is it like to be in one of these Survivor Series five-on-five elimination matchups? Firstly, it's got to be terribly difficult to book. And secondly, it's got to be terribly terribly difficult to participate in because there's so much going on. Well, they're definitely a challenge. I mean, you and you really have to uh, understand where the spotlights are and when they're there so that you can either step up into that spotlight when you need to or step out. 
and not take the focus off of what should be happening and put it on yourself when it shouldn't be there. Um, and you know, that, that makes it, makes it difficult because, you know, as, as wrestlers, we're programmed, we are, you know, all about making sure that spotlight is on us at all times. And, uh, you know, when you, you know that the spotlight's supposed to be on you and you're doing everything you can to <laughs> keep it on you, and sometimes you've got one or two or three of the other five, you know, of your team over there doing stuff to get the spotlight on themselves, it can be kind of frustrating. So, you know, you um, you were a part of the uh, 1998 Survivor Series going up against uh, Mankind, who would ultimately go on to win the championship that night. That was in St. Louis. It was the deadly game. Tell, give us some anecdotes about that night, anything that pops into your head, because that, I think, is one of the greatest Survivor Series of all time. You had the whole, uh, you know, Shane McMahon screwing over Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, the McMahons really, you know, going, that's when McMahon went, or Rock went corporate, and Mankind started, was calling Vince McMahon dad, <laughs> and it was just a well-written, yeah. top-to-bottom show, the tournament-style show. What pops out at you? What, what, what memories do you have of that 1998 edition of the Survivor Series? I think one of the biggest things was that every single guy on the show meant something to some degree, mm-hmm. and uh, they were significant to the audience. And I think including that, Gilbert, uh, <laughs> inclu- including Gilbert, he, he uh, you know people laughed, but he did. Um, and everyone was viewed as a star, uh, and everyone had a character. Everyone had a discernible, understandable, relatable character. That and 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 then in the, in that sense, that was what made each and every one of them um, uh, mean so much and and uh, and play such an important factor in the show from beginning to end. Um, you know, it, it'd be it's tough to do a show like that if you you just have a roster full of wrestlers. Yeah. Um, you know, all the matches don't carry the same significance. They don't carry the same weight. They don't carry the same you know, gravity or for the audience to really cheer on or hope that a a particular guy is going to win or not know, you know, that was, that was also, there was a lot of heat on that pay-per-view because you quite honestly, you really didn't know if somebody would get upset, you know, get an upset and, and suddenly get a win and then be catapulted further up the the ladder, you know, much like what Mankind did, you know, by making his way up to win the, the title that night. You know, I got to say on that show, there are three things that really stand out for me. It was the introduction of Gilbert, because we I think it was Patterson and Briscoe reading off of cue cards, along, and McMahon as well, just putting him over yeah. like a mofo, and then it's freaking Gilbert yeah. that comes out. <laughs> then it was yeah. the one, two, Shane McMahon, uh, Stone Cold pinfall on Mankind, where he didn't count the three, and everyone was so shocked because Shane hadn't aligned himself with Dad at that time. And then at the end, right. when, when Mick Foley said to Vince, Dad, I don't get it, and Vince said, you don't get it, Mick? Well, get this. And they started bludgeoning him with the steel chair. Just the story. And right. again, that, that was the beginning, the middle, and the end of the show right there. And over the course of that night, it was just, and I was there live, it was just such a brilliantly executed pay-per-view event that it really, really stays high in my memory. Well, and, and again, it, it, every one of those people you just said had a character, you know, uh, Frisco and Patterson had a character and they played a role, you know, a, a part in, uh, you know, that whole corporate thing with Nick McMahon and you understood who they were, 
and where they were at and what they would do and what they wouldn't do for Vince McMahon. I mean, it was, and you could relate. You Mm -hmm. knew people that were just exactly like that. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and you got it, you understood it. And, um, and that, that's why it works so well, you know, and then, and it's a shame that everybody relates and and goes back to, Oh, the, you know, it was such a great time in, in wrestling. Um, and, and it was, uh, but the, the key to it, I think that everybody misses is, is that it was, it was really a very, very character driven, uh, era. Right. Um, in WWE history. It yeah. didn't matter how good or very, bad the guys were. It mattered how great the characters were. Correct. And, and then that's the, that's been the case with wrestling, you know, uh, throughout history. You know, it, it, it always, you know, uh, go back and look through the annals of professional wrestling. And, you know, some of the greatest draws were, you know, they were great characters. Now, you know, and that, that you know, uh, a case in point, you know, Hulk Hogan is actually a, a really good wrestler. Yeah. Wrestler. Because he was broken in by Hiro Matsuda. You know, Hiro Matsuda was a noted hooker, uh, a catch wrestler. A he was a wrestler. what? You don't think hooker. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know what those things are. You know, um, they'll catch you. They'll hook you. Um, but, and they'll make you submit. Eventually, they'll make you, all of them make you submit. So, um, you know, but, you know, Matsuda broke Hulk Hogan's ankle the first day he came to train. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hogan came back. You don't think... A guy like Hiro Matsuda was going to teach Hulk Hogan how to wrestle. But the reason Hulk Hogan didn't wrestle, see Hulk Hogan be Hulk Hogan, not to be Billy Robinson or Mick Bockwin. They paid to see Hulk Hogan be Hulk Hogan. And that's yeah. what worked. Yep. And, 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 you know, you're not, you're not going to see Hulk Hogan out there, you know, doing switches and reversals and takedowns. Um, because people are going to go, what the hell is this? And they're not going to buy it. Same with Steve Austin. Steve Austin's an accomplished wrestler. But, you know, you're not going to pay to see Steve Austin to sit there and, you know, exchange holds with right. a guy. You're right. going to pay to see him be a beer-drinking, ass-kicking redneck. That's it. Well, thanks for taking that look back at uh, Survivor Series 98 and framing up the match, if you will, the traditional five-on-five Survivor Series matchups. It may no longer be the Thanksgiving night tradition, but it is the Thanksgiving week tradition. And, David Hero, let's talk about the matchup. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Team Raw has been rather uh, solid, at least up until this past Monday night, where Kurt Angle... Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe, and Finn Balor were to be joined by Jason Jordan. I think that was a great story, the way they told it on Monday night, by the way, as Jordan was then replaced by a shocking replacement in Triple H. Triple H rounding out the fifth man on the five-man team for Team Raw, and they will be going up against the team of Shane McMahon, Bobby Roode, Randy Orton, Shinsuke Nakamura, and John Cena. As difficult as it may be, uh, David Hero, how would you book this matchup? Well, what's interesting is this is a way for Triple H to finally play with all of his kids, is what it really comes down to, because now he gets Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Braun and all the young up-and-comers that you know are supposed to be the next ones to take the company to the next level, and he now gets to be in the ring with all of them. You got to wonder if he is going to do good business and help elevate them, 
or show them that he's still the boss and beat them down. But I mean, you have a you have a lot of dream matchups for a lot of different things. I mean, you have you have John Cena and Braun Strowman. You have Randy Orton and Braun Strowman. You have Finn Balor and John Cena. You know, I mean, you have Shinsuke Nakamura and and well, he's really not a dream matchup for anybody. I guess, but, um, <laughs> I mean, hey, did, did you notice Al when um? Braun Strowman came down to the ring. The first guy to attack Braun Strowman was Shinsuke Nakamura. <clears throat> and it, 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 it kind of gave me flashbacks to the old Godzilla movies where the Japanese... Oh, come on. Godzilla, you know? come on. Really? <laughs> it's just like, are you kidding me? I think, okay. But you know what? I think this is Braun Strowman's coming out party. I think Braun Strowman is the guy that, that is going to win uh, the Survivor Series. They, I mean, nothing has killed him yet. So how can he really lose to everyone else he's already beaten? So, um, and, 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 I, and I really believe that Braun Strowman um, will be the sole survivor, probably with Triple H, and um, it'll be Team Raw that goes over on Team SmackDown. Uh, that could be interesting. Do you see anything coming out of this? You know, if you look at any of the participants against one another, you talk about uh, obviously uh, Braun Strowman and Triple H, but what about the others? Do we see something more develop for Bobby Roode or a Samoa Joe or even a Finn Balor out of this matchup? Well, what's cool is, you know, we're going to see Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe again. I mean, th those guys have had matches in NXT and in TNA. Um, you know, Finn Balor now gets to be in the ring with Randy Orton and John Cena. I mean, so there's a lot of possibilities that they can set up things going forward towards WrestleMania, even though that's still six months out. But it's a nice way of planting seeds because let's not forget, you know, Raw doesn't have another pay-per-view of their own, I believe, until February. That's a good point. So, you know, so they need to they need to start laying groundwork for WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble. And you know, right now they have their ten top guys, with the exception of the Shield not being in this main event match. Everyone else that they want to be main event players is in this uh, Survivor Series match. That's a good point. Very well done, David Harrell. And of course, uh, you know, we talk about going into February, the next Raw show. We've got the Royal Rumble, of course, WrestleMania. Uh, we also know that this week, WrestleMania tickets go on sale at the Superdome for the 34th annual event, uh, returning to the Superdome only four years after it was last there. That is not a problem in this man's eyes, because also returning to New Orleans on Friday night, November uh, April 6th, will be Shenanigans on Bourbon Street. Al, have you heard the details of this yet? Oh, I, uh, I haven't heard all the details because, of course, some of them legally can't be released. <laughs> um, well, well, but I have heard certain details, and the certain details I have heard have me very excited for uh, an aptly named party shenanigans. Uh, especially with the two of you. And here's the thing. You've been there for the last several years, years Al. You've seen these shenanigans that occur. We have never been, oh though. God. We have never been, though, on Bourbon Street. And I want to be clear, crystal clear here. There is not another official wrestling event occurring on Bourbon Street during WrestleMania weekend than... Not that it would matter anyways. Let me tell you something. If you want to go to the event, the WrestleMania event, uh, whether it was on Bourbon Street or on the top of a tower, uh, <laughs> then you need to go to the shenanigans party because, trust me, there are things that we just cannot discuss on the air um, that could lead to 
probably weren't. <laughs> but they were incredibly interesting and entertaining situations that would have led to those warrants. So, Absolutely. It's Friday, April 6th, folks. You're going to be able to throw beads from our own private balcony on Bourbon Street. It is a one-of-a-kind experience, and tickets are on sale now. So complete your WrestleMania weekend experience by heading to PWRshow.com, PWRshow.com to get your tickets for shenanigans. We're running a sale right now through Black Friday. That's next Friday through Black Friday only. Get Isn't up. that your birthday? Uh, whoa. My birthday's not on Black Friday. My birthday's uh, the 26th. It's Sunday. Oh, what's the same weekend? Uh-huh. Uh, is your birthday on Cyber Monday, Dave? Yes, it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, I gotta tell, I gotta tell everybody out there too. What happens at shenanigans stays at shenanigans. So, <laughs> very, very true. Uh, we're running sale through Black Friday. You can get up to twenty percent off your tickets right now. That sale ends on Black Friday. The tickets you buy, all of them, include all of your drinks all night long. You walk in the door, oh you are drinking on an unlim- unlimited basis all night long. This is dangerous. I still don't remember San Jose. I still don't remember San Jose. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Sh- shenanigans hosted by Kevin Nash, folks. That's Friday, April 6th. Complete your WrestleMania weekend now. You've already got your tickets to WrestleMania. Head on over to PWRshow.com to get those tickets right now. Folks, one last matchup to talk about here and Be the Booker with Al and Dave, and that is what could only be called the main event. It is Universal Champion versus the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles. AJ Styles, who defeated Jinder Mahal last Tuesday on SmackDown to become the new champion and now the man to face Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Before we get to your booking of this matchup, Dave, Al, your thoughts on Jinder's long title reign coming to an end at the hands of AJ Styles just two weeks prior to the marquee matchup at Survivor Series. AJ now the champion, Jinder Mahal not even on the card. I think it's brilliant. Um, You know, I think that they did such a great job of elevating and uh, making Jinder Mahal and then utilizing that to by beating him with AJ Styles, uh, once again elevating AJ Styles even further um, to really make him mean something going into this match with Brock Lesnar. Not that he wouldn't he would be meaningless without it, but gosh, it makes it it makes him so much more of a a, a real superstar facing Brock Lesnar. Which when Brock Lesnar beats him is going to only elevate Brock Lesnar that much further. All right, well, let's get to the matchup. David Hero, this one's going to be a good match just for all the reasons we've already heard from both Paul Heyman, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, which I love what he did on Tuesday, by the way, being uh, AJ's advocate on SmackDown. But how would you book this matchup? Again, the title's not on the line, but you've got champion versus champion at the Survivor Series. This this match has potential to be freaking awesome because you have – the beast Brock Lesnar, who is a special attraction. He is this generation's Andre the Giant, but way more athletic. Against AJ Styles, who can do everything, including create lots of motion in the ring. So everything Brock does to him, AJ will make it look ten times better because he can fly for Brock. I mean, if you if you look at who Brock's worked in the, the, the last few pay-per-views, it's been Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, uh, Samoa Joe, bigger dudes, 
Okay, Goldberg, guys that can't do as much as AJ does. So just look how, I mean, both guys are going to make each other look like rock stars in the ring. And people will, when when this pay-per-view is done, more people will be talking about AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar than anything else, including uh, including the big main event, the five-on-five. Five. Um, but AJ can't beat Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar is going to be headlining WrestleMania in New Orleans again. It's going to be a great match. It'll be competitive. Um, I don't know if AJ is going to get beat clean. I would like to believe there's going to be some type of shenanigans involved in the match because you have to protect AJ. I, I don't think beating AJ clean is good business considering he lost clean to Finn Balor at the last pay-per-view and then just beating Jinder Mahal. Um, but talking about Jinder Mahal, everyone says, you know, thank God that experiment's over. Jinder Mahal is going to be wrestling Triple H in India. I think that's a bigger match for Jinder Mahal than being the world champion wrestling AJ Styles in India next month. I agree, I agree 100%. And I don't think that the, the you know, um, that things are done with Jinder Mahal by any means. And I certainly don't think that they were an experiment by any means. I think that they were done and done for the right reasons. And, and, uh, uh, gender did it very well. He, he carried things, carried his end of the bargain. And I don't think Dave, I disagree. I don't think that it hurts AJ to lose clean to Brock Lesnar. Um, I think that it actually waters down the finish if they do something, um, timid and petty as to run out uh, another SmackDown guy to spin off and, and cause the finish so that now AJ has heat to work with the SmackDown guy all in the effort of protecting AJ. When you, when you set out to book things with that mindset of, well, we got to protect this guy. Well, we got to protect that guy. No one really gets over and no one really gets over, well, then we don't really draw any heat. If we don't really draw any heat, then we don't draw any money. And you need, uh, in a lot of these situations, you need somebody to lose. And being beaten by a guy, like you said, Brock Lesnar, who is this generation's Andre the Giant, I, how can that hurt you? You know, you, you, faced, you faced a champion, you faced a monster, you... You know, they can make Brock will do good business and he'll make AJ look like a million bucks. AJ will make himself look like a billion bucks. He just couldn't climb the mountain. Doesn't, doesn't hurt it. Well, we'll see what happens this Sunday night at the Survivor Series. Uh, more matches to talk about, including the uh, tag match, Cesaro and Sheamus versus the Usos, and also the women's five-on-five eliminations ma series matchup. We're going to talk about those matches in just a moment after the timeout. But firstly, Al, give us an update on what's going on in your world. Where can we see you again next soon? And what's going on with the collar and elbow brand? Well, I'll be at Icons of Wrestling this coming weekend in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then for SWF Friday night, and uh, again Saturday night. Uh, people can see me there. I just got back from um, Santiago, Chile, uh, opening and getting the uh, ASWA, Alison Wrestling Academy in Chile, off the ground. We're awesome. already talking about affiliates in Concepcion and uh, Via de Mar. Uh, as well and uh did a big promotional tour down there and got started working with the guys and uh wrestled and won the 
uh, international title in uh, Chile. Congratulations. um, Thank you. And Collar and Elbow, we'll be having our Black Friday sale um, uh, next week. Um, So check out and keep an eye open at collarandelbowbrand.com for all the discounts and the sales uh, for some cool wrestling apparel from Collar and Elbow. Wait, wait, you're going to be in Pennsylvania this week with Justin Labar? Who? Justin Labar, yes. Oh, my gosh. Be careful of that guy. I know. Be trouble. <laughs> Thank you, Al. And David Hero on December 3rd. Uh, whoa, actually, whoa, no, whoa. I'm Dece- sorry. December, December 2nd. 2nd. December 2nd. Yes. Uh, House of Hardcore comes to Waukesha. Tell us about what's going on there. You know what it's going to be? Uh, it's called Homecoming. It's House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer, and Blizzard Brawl. We're back at it again. Uh, Austin Aries against Joey Mercury. It's the first time Austin Aries has ever wrestled in his hometown of Waukesha, Wisconsin. What? Uh, Yeah, we're going to have Tommy Dreamer and Abyss. We have Candice Michelle in her final match ever against Victoria. And, um, you know, there's other great stars, Carlito, MVP. But let's not forget Al Snow. And the new GLCW champion, Hornswoggle, and I'll be in their corner against the Spirit Squad. Kenny? Yeah, Kenny will be there, yes. I don't think Nikki will be there. I think he has prior commitments. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going it's to be... Johnny, I don't think... Johnny won't be there either. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey and, and Kenny. <laughs> I, I cannot wait to see Al and Hornswoggle team. I mean, the chemistry between those two has got to be interesting. So. Oh, wait. I, I just The aerial attack that we're going to use, uh, <laughs> myself and Hornswoggle, is going to be incredible. He's going to be uh, a scud missile for you, isn't he? Uh, you think that the, that the bombs that were dropped in Japan uh, were anything? They're nothing compared to what's going to happen once Hornswoggle is elevated, uh, achieves a certain amount of atmospheric pressure, and then drops like a, a, a ton, two-ton megaton bomb into the ring. It's just an explosion of, of meat and, and wrestler and little person going everywhere. Folks, tickets and information for that available at houseofhardcore.net. That's Saturday, December 2nd at the Waukesha County Expo Center. Lots of firsts and, 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 and a hey, couple listen, lasts. And if you can't make it to Waukesha, you can watch the entire show on Twitch. So it should be very interesting. And tickets available now for House of Hardcore Blizzard Brawl Homecoming. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us here this week on Primetime Live. Looking forward to Survivor Series and appreciate your insight into the matches. We'll be back with you again next week here for more to look at what actually did happen and and to dissect that. So, Al, thank you. Dave, thank you. We're going to take a timeout when we come back. More on this special Survivor Series edition of the Pro Wrestling Report Primetime Live. WrestleMania weekend's biggest party is coming to Bourbon Street. Don't miss an all-inclusive all-night party Friday, April 6th. Hosted by Kevin Nash and over 20 other wrestling stars. Enjoy unlimited drinks all night long at the Bourbon Cowboy on Bourbon Street. Throw beads from the balcony. Drink and party with your favorite wrestling stars. Hurry, limited quantities available. Purchase tickets now at pwrshow.com. That's pwrshow.com. And welcome. Welcome back, fans, to the Pro Wrestling Report Prime Time Live here on Blog Talk Radio Wednesday night, November 15. See, I tried to go a little Spanish there, a little bilingual. 
November 15, 2017. Uh, joined now by the man they call Meathead. want to give thanks to Matthew Thomas joining us in segment one. And, of course, David Hero and Al Snow joining us in segment two. But, Meathead, you, are, uh, you're, you're, you don't necessarily agree with what uh, Dave and Al had to say about the main event at Survivor Series. Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles, you uh, you see it a bit differently. What's your take? I do see it a bit differently, and here's the issue I have. It is nothing to do with AJ Styles. I, again, no pun intended. Phenomenal, of course. But Ding. It, yeah. AJ Styles is a great champion and should be champion 11 of the 12 months. But the way they've built this Survivor Series for us, he should not be in the position that he's in right now, taking on Brock Lesnar, Jinder Mahal, was the right guy at the right time to wrestle Brock Lesnar. It now, could have been. Now let me ask you this, because Al and yes. Dave both did just say that his matchup with Triple H over in India on that Super Show they're doing is more important and will be bigger than this match would have been at Survivor Series. You disagree? No, I don't disagree. But if you're selling to me, and again, this is, I'm the fan. If you're selling to me that this is the one time a year when Raw and SmackDown go head to head. Every other matchup looks like their biggest guy in this position versus their biggest guy in this position, except for the heavyweight championship versus the universal championship. You've got Brock Lesnar, the beast incarnate, versus phenomenal AJ Styles. So you're this taking a, the Dave Hero a, route, and you're a you're, you're a size. Uh, this is a profession that's uh, all about image. Image is everything. You're a weightsist. You're presenting to me a five foot six guy. You're a weightsist. In this, in this match only, I want AJ Styles to be the champ every other day of the year. So we haven't, this match. we haven't, I don't think we've, ta- actually we have talked about this. I don't think you watch it. American Horror Story? No, not, so not, the, again, not against it. Don't have the time. The Series 7, I think it was, finale was this past Tuesday. And much like uh, Kai, who, by the way, is played by Evan Peters, who is one of the most tremendous actors on television right now. Um, okay. Much like Kai, David Hero has recruited you into his little weightsist cult. And now any guy who's not the traditional big gassed-up muscle guy can't compete in wrestling. You take a Finn Balor, you take a Miz, you take an AJ Styles, you're going to lump them all into that little cruiserweight but ain't cruiserweight category because you're a weightsist. How dare you? The only reason I would say no to AJ Styles, because you could say that Shawn Michaels shouldn't be in the spot, or you could say that Rey Mysterio shouldn't have been in the spot. Daniel Bryan. They had already had previous. They had already had previous encounters beating the Giant. AJ Styles has not beat the Giant yet. He hasn't beat the big name, you know, uh, insurmountable odds guy yet. In this position, you put your biggest and your best, your large guy, against the other brand's large guy. So who should it be? It you say Jinder's not the biggest guy over there. Randy Orton would be the candidate. John Cena would be the candidate. John Cena would be. So would Jinder Mahal. So would Randy Orton. But because Randy Orton is busy doing the five-on-five, five, and John Cena, you never know when he's going to come in. And they use John Cena a little differently. So what they did was they said, well, Cena's our big-name star, you know, our Hall of Fame guy. That's how they match it up with Triple H, our Hall of Fame guy. Jinder Mahal should be in this match. So in addition to being a weightsist, you're also using the same flawed logic that David Hero uses, which is the reasoning behind why that person is too small to be in the match is never justified by who you think should be in the match instead of them. Because Randy Orton doesn't have to be quote-unquote busy with the five-man. He could have been in that matchup against Brock Lesnar, which, by the way, we've already been there, done that. 
Right. I'm just saying, as a fan, because, I mean, you know, this show is full of experts. I'm not one of them. I'm just the guy who watches the show. That's who I think should be in there. And it does not feel right with everything being so big and grandiose across this entire pay-per-view, except for the main event. The main event does not feel correct. And, honestly, the way it feels, I don't know how the order is going to go, but the main event now, because it's not Jinder Mahal, should not uh, be the heavyweight championship versus the universal championship. Okay. All right, Just folks. Opinion. That's all. You know, there's a lot more going on this weekend, though, in the world of professional wrestling than the Survivor Series. And we've talked about that for the most of this show, but there's another event, and one that is near and dear to your heart, Meathead. That's why we saved it for last. It is yes. NXT TakeOver Houston, but more important than being in Houston is the importance that it will be War Games, the match beyond. Two rings, one cage. In over 20 years, we have not seen it used, and it was a creation of the NWA slash WCW. In fact, a creation of the late, great Dusty Rhodes. I remember yeah, the yeah. November pay-per-views. Now, War Games, though, would lead to the concept of World War III, which I'd rather not discuss, right, Meathead? <laughs> and I don't mean the World War III we're about to get into. I mean the World War III that was three commentary teams, three rings, <laughs> uh, WCW pay-per-view style, which is like, okay, that was the one of the most – it was worse than that second ECW pay-per-view. And uh, what was that one when Bobby Lashley and Big Show were in the main event? Right, exactly. The yeah. non-ECW guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but be that as it may, War Games always held a dear – place in my heart those matches were always fantastic it was even always so chaotic i'm sorry even the one thing i moved into fall brawl because it was fall brawl presents war games oh it was so great the, the match concept okay. i think is tremendous because it is so vastly different from anything you could ever see and the opportunities going from ring to ring for spots having one cage encompassing both having all participants in at the same time i believe that's the rule it just right. adds so many different dynamics. Hell in a Cell matches, cage matches, Inferno matches, TLC matches. The fundamentals are the same in all those matches, right? When you add another ring to the mix, and when you add a battle royal but team element to the mix, it makes it a completely different presentation. And I, for one, am looking forward to it this Saturday on the WWE Network. War Games, the match beyond. I am too, because you know WCW's thing, and this kind of the reason that you're talking to me about this is me doing the the retro WCW Nitro reactions, and we just had it, you know, uh, a few months ago. I forgot when we talked about it, but we had just talked about the War Games match in WCW from '96. The reason this is going to feel different is WCW used to do a lot of team-oriented stuff where, you know, all the guys had to be on the team. WWF, you know, for a while they did the Survivor Series, but that was pretty much the only team stuff. Now that you have Raw and SmackDown going head-to-head, now you've got NXT for really the first time ever doing some sort of team-oriented stuff. This is going to be unique. Yeah. And let's talk about the matches that will take us to War Games, though, uh, which will obviously be the main event. And uh, firstly, it will be a matchup between Cassius Ono and Lars Sullivan, uh, two big stars over on the NXT roster. I would expect Ono to come out with the win there. However, uh, some are saying Ono not quite uh, at the spot many would have expected him to be in at this point in NXT in this matchup. Is it because, I mean, you know, the guy's such a hero to everybody. See what I did there? Uh-huh. He, he's such a hero to everybody that uh, he made it over. But, yeah, he seems to kind of uh, sometimes be spinning his wheels in NXT. How long has he been in NXT now since 
coming yeah. out of, I believe it was uh, ROH was his last home. Well, he was there twice. Remember, he was released and then came back yeah. recently, a few months back. Uh, yeah. But uh, will be a fatal four-way matchup for the NXT Women's Championship as uh, Nikki Cross will take on Ember Moon, uh, Peyton Royce, and Carrie Sane. I am a big fan of Ember Moon, Meathead, and I am looking forward to this matchup, but I, I don't know that I could pick a winner. Um, I've been known to pick a winner on occasion, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ember Moon as well. You know, I, um, hmm, they used to call me Anakin. Do you know why, Damien? <laughs> why? Because <laughs> I've gone to the dark side on occasion, I'll take Ember Moon. Now, any one of these stars can win the championship uh, because it was, remember, it was uh, relinquished by Asuka after a 523-day reign uh, on September 6th. So any one of them can do it, and both of us seem to be with Ember Moon, but I would not discount the ability of, I'd say, Peyton Royce uh, because I think I I like her look. I like her look. She actually reminds me of... uh, Gosh, I can't place it right now. She reminds me of a former diva. Everybody on Total Divas, that's what she reminds me of. We'll see who walks out of NXT TakeOver, the new women's champion this Saturday. Folks, speaking of championships, the NXT championship will be on the line. But before we get to that, uh, Alistair Black will take on Velveteen Dream in a matchup as well this Saturday at NXT TakeOver. Uh, Two very, very unique superstars uh, clashing at War games you know alistair um this guy honestly for velveteen dream um alistair's gonna roll right over him velveteen Um, dream sounds like something you can get in the uh pharmacy aisle uh, i wouldn't say pharmacy i was thinking more along the lines of velveta (laughs) spicy you know christmas cheese you know how they've got uh, pumpkin lattes oh they've got uh (laughs) holiday cheese and it's velveteen dream Well, Alistair Black's got that tremendous win-loss record uh, thus far in NXT, and it's Velveteen Dream who's going after him, trying to get the attention uh, and the uh, matchup with Alistair Black. Now, there's a lot of people, including me, who are fans of this uh, Black, um, and I think this is going to be a a great matchup. Uh, You know, there could be some room for some shenanigans, but I think the talents of both will stand out in that matchup, and it'll be a good uh, respite, if you will, in what is a stacked card for NXT TakeOver on Saturday. It's a stacked weekend. It's an absolutely stacked weekend. And, folks, the NXT Championship will be on the line as Drew McIntyre defends his championship against Adrian Almas. Adrian, I always say that wrong. Is it Kine? Signed? It doesn't matter what his name is. That's right. <laughs> Does Drew walk out still the NXT Champion wow. on Saturday? Yeah, um, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. But, again, this is one of those matches that I'm not surprised if he drops it because, you know, you know, here's a non-fan coming out. Belts are props. And what a great, great, <laughs> what a great way to get over uh, almost by putting the belt on him and giving him something to work with with Drew McIntyre. And finally, it is War Games. It is the match beyond, folks. It is the main event, and it will be Sanity versus the Undisputed Era versus the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong. It's a triple threat War War Games match. Now, we've got some tremendous talents in here, including the endorsed Roderick Roderick Strong, but Meathead, god dang, if you just look at the talents in this matchup, Uh, yeah. and, and, and look, this, this 
this is a match of the year candidate before it even happens. And I hate that term match of the year because there are always so many. We all, we only remember the last ones, but this, you got big men, you got athletic men, you got strong men, you've got the tag team champions. You've got a tremendous assortment of talent in these nine men who will be in this matchup. And it is happening surrounded by one huge cage in two rings side by side. How do you win this match again? Uh, I believe it's by eliminations, correct? It's the first one, actually, uh, the first person to win. So really? in addition to all the shenanigans that are going on, the first person to get pinfall or submission, their team wins the matchup. And we talked about titles so like not Texas being... tornado almost. Yeah, we talked about titles not being on the line at Survivor Series and maybe that being a bad call earlier in the show. Here, title's not on the line, but I think it's the best call. Yeah, I'm okay with it um, because uh, the titles, skin props, but uh, the titles are not as important as in the competition aspect of it. I mean, it's Thanksgiving weekend. You know, as long as we don't get the gobbledygooker, you know, coming out to uh, compete for a title, I'm fine. <laughs> it is that time of year. Now, I was er- er- was wrong earlier. I was mis- mistaken in the rules for the matchup. So here's how they go. I went to just checked and confirmed. So two people okay. do start, all right? One member of each team, so three people start inside the cage. Well, and I know this because I remember it from the War Games days. The rest right. of the teams are locked in the shark cages over by the entranceway. So every five minutes, um, well, let's see. After five minutes, the final two members from one team enter the match, giving that group a brief yet brutal advantage. Three minutes later, the second team's members are released, and then the final team's members are released after another three-minute period. So that's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven minutes um, by which uh, there, until all participants are in the ring. Once all are in the ring, that is when the first competitor to win by pinfall or submission gets the win for their team. So not it's complicated, but it's not really not complicated. And again, what I what we did talk about earlier was this is Royal. Rumble meets Survivor Series meets Hell in a Cell meets Cage Match meets Tag Team Turmoil. I yeah. freaking love this, and I love that WWE is finally, nearly 20 years later, embracing some of the good concepts that WCW had. Remember, right. remember uh, they uh, are having or did have, no, they're having Starcade in North Carolina as well. Granted, that's a house show, but that is a significant place and time for them to use that name and title. I want to see the following return. I want to see the Great American Bashes, not the Great American Bash, because remember... Or not the, the Bash. The Bashes was a series, right. and they, just imagine, if they had a house show tour, that was the Great American Bashes culminating with an event that uh, you know was, was the end of that. That would be fantastic. But also, yeah. Halloween Havoc, which I think was one of the other great brands that uh, WCW had that WWE is not using, and hopefully over the course of the next few Weeks, or I'm sorry, years or months, we'll see that it happen. But let's get back to the matchup itself. War Games, the match beyond. Sanity, the Undisputed Era, or the Authors of Pain, along with Roderick Strong. I think it's a toss-up, Meathead, but if you want to, go ahead and take a stab at who might walk out the victors here. Uh, it's not so much the brain talking as in the heart. I wanted Eric Young, and I want Sanity. Well, you've been hoping for that for a number of years, right? <laughs> oh, you mean Sanity the team to win. Okay. Sanity the team. No, I, I'm a little bit off. I'm not as off as, say, you know, others may think. This is all just a game. But, uh, no, I want Sanity the team, and I really enjoy Eric Young's work. And you know what? I'll be clear. I am not – I don't watch NXT on a regular basis. I can't find the time in my schedule to do so. And a lot of times on these takeover shows, I won't watch them live. I'll skip or I'll watch them later and fast-forward through them and get to the good parts that I've heard are good. 
In this sure. case, War Games, this is when you're the match yeah. beyond. I am going to watch in its entirety live on Saturday night because I am looking that much forward to it. I would say this weekend yeah. I'm looking forward to this match, the match between Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles, and the Survivor Series men's matchup more so than anything else going on this weekend from WWE. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're going to also have a post show. Uh, Damien, if you didn't mention it, Matthew and I will be live directly after the conclusion of the uh, pay-per-view network event uh, this Sunday night, taking live calls as well. That right here on Blog Talk Radio. We are live twice a week on pay-per-view weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously here live tonight for Primetime Live. And again, as you said, Meathead, you and Matthew carrying the torch on Sundays and the post-pay-per-view events. That right here on Blog Talk Radio as well. And if you haven't already, if you're listening to us live here on Blog Talk Radio, we are also available in podcast form. All you need to do is go to your favorite podcast provider and search for the Pro Wrestling Report. And subscribe to the podcast. It's free of charge and really helps us out. Um, and also, I uh, want to welcome all of our new listeners this week. We know we have uh, acquired some new listeners from uh, some other podcasts that we've been working with. And uh, definitely appreciate and welcome you here to joining us here for Primetime Live. So, NXT War Games, the match beyond. In case you haven't noticed, I just love saying that. Um, the match beyond. Will be this Saturday on paper, on WWE Network, and also this Sunday it's the Survivor Series, a big weekend from the world of professional wrestling. But also within all that, WrestleMania tickets went on sale earlier, uh, actually today on a pre-sale basis, and then will go on sale Friday. I want to remind all of you, as we talked about earlier in the broadcast, you still have a chance to take the VIP approach to WrestleMania and join us in our suite at the Superdome, which includes your ticket to the event, your seat and the suite, food and beverages, including booze, all night long only four seats remain ladies and gentlemen only four seats remain right now pwrshow.com that event includes if you buy your sweet ticket for wrestlemania through us you also get vip admission to the shenanigans on bourbon street party hosted by kevin nash on friday night april 6th that event is going to be off the hook off the chain off the rails and off the uh-huh. The record, <laughs> what about if you ending? will. Is that one of, the, one of the things that could be off of? Um, I was catering the off to our audience. <laughs> Anyways, that folks. That should be a house, tour, uh, house show tour right there. Off the, you know, and then you take it across the Midwest. It's the only wrestling event occurring on Bourbon Street, the only official wrestling event occurring on Bourbon Street as part of WrestleMania weekend, Friday night, April 6th. Shenanigans. Complete your WrestleMania weekend right now. There's a lot going on in town. We understand that. But keep in mind, Bourbon Street doesn't close. So we've actually pushed the start time back for the Shenanigans event by one hour. It starts at 11 p.m. this year. And we'll go several hours after that so that those of you who are going to, whether it be Impact Wrestling at WrestleCon or at the uh, Ring of Honor event, which I think is also that night, uh, or the Hall of Fame, which is blocks away, you'll have time to get to Shenanigans on Bourbon Street. And, oh, by the way, Meathead, I think you remember this, but I want to make sure to remind our audience, the bars on Bourbon Street don't close, nor is this party. Uh, It will be an official end time for the party, but you don't have to go nowhere. Unlike closing time in any other city in the USA except Las Vegas. Closing time. You know, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Well, you can stay here as it pertains to shenanigans on Bourbon Street. All the details of that available now at PWRshow.com. And through next Friday, through Black Friday, get 20% off. Wait, wait, wait. Why does Friday have to be black? Well, it is. You do know why it is called Black Friday, don't you, Meathead? 
It's, no. it's it's actually the first day of the year that most retailers end up profitable, and then everything they make after that for the balance of the fiscal year or the balance of the calendar year is profits for them. So that, that so what what you're saying is after the Friday after Thanksgiving is when they make their nut. Um. Well, uh, I didn't. That's a business term. term. It's a business Mr. term. More. Um, so up to twenty percent off right now through Black Friday only. That sale ends next Friday. Uh, these tickets, which include free drinks all night long, drinks all night long. So you walk in the bar, meet it. You walk in Shenanigans on Bourbon Street with Kevin Nash. Uh huh. Put your wallet away because you don't have to buy nothing else. Your wait, I don't have to get carded. I'm so used to you know with my face. I'm used uh, to getting carded after you walk in. Put your wallet away. Because your ticket includes unlimited drinks all night long. It is unheard of. So what, of. what kind of alcohol are we talking? I mean, I'm not asking you to drop names. I'm asking you to drop um, not brands, but I well, mean, are we talking a whiskey? Well, are we talking a vodka? What's your alcohol of choice? Uh, it's a whiskey, usually a scotch. Included. Whiskey, scotch, Ooh. rum, vodka. Wait, wait. Does the ice come with it, too? Or is that where you get me? On the yeah. ice? We get you on the cup, actually. The cup costs you one penny <laughs> each. <laughs> now, folks, it's all included. This is not just beer. It's not just rail shit. It is, it is the booze you want. It is unlimited. It is available all night long. And if you go VIP, you get to go upstairs to our private wrap-around balcony, which is where Kevin Nash and several other wrestling stars will be, and you get to throw beads from the biggest wrestling party to the biggest wrestling fans on Bourbon Street. I am more excited about this shenanigans event than I have been many others that we've done, and as you know, this is our seventh that we have done, and each and every one of them has sold out well in advance. I'm not exaggerating, folks, when I tell you that due to capacity of the venues, we have had to turn people away at the door for the last five years. We don't want to have to do that. So get in where you fit in. Get in on the ground floor. Get your tickets early. Don't wait to try to get them at the door because it is not guaranteed we will be able to let you in. And we have an expanded venue this year so we can accommodate more guests. But we still know that it is going to sell out well in advance. This has become as synonymous with WrestleMania weekend as WrestleCon and WrestleMania. And we are proud as the Pro Wrestling Report to host this party event each and every week. And it is coming to Bourbon Street for the very first time. Tickets available now. PWRshow.com up to 20% off through Black Friday only. And with that, Meathead, that is a show. I want to thank all of you for joining us here live Wednesday night on PWR. Uh, primetime live on Blog Talk Radio. I want to remind you, if you're listening live, subscribe to the podcast. If you're not listening live, hop on over to blogtalkradio.com slash PWR, blogtalkradio.com slash PWR, because Sunday night, you, Meathead, and Matthew Thomas will be live immediately following the Survivor Series to break down that event and to take your live phone calls as well, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, interactive nature of the programming from the Pro Wrestling Report continues Sunday night after Survivor Series, which is when we will see you again live here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you soon.